The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back to Officially Unofficial, presented by Blue Wire Podcast. We're joined by a very, very longtime friend of the show. One of the first, I think, 2015 guests ever came on this podcast. He is right-handed pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays and noted man missile, Tyler Glasnow. What's up, brother? What up, dude? Thanks for having me again. Glad to be back. I, like I said, we, need, I, we needed to get you back on because the last time I had you on, it's like ver, uh, verbal meme, Kobe meme, job's not finished. Last time I had you on, I was an unpolished podcaster. I had no idea what the <laughs> fuck I was doing. And Nick Kingham's just throwing me all these guests. Shout out, Nick, by the way. And I'm yeah, just interviewing these guys and just having absolute meltdowns with the question. Do you remember, <laughs> and I look back on our interview, and I asked you a question that looking back on it, it makes my fucking skin crawl how terrible it was. Why? I thought you did a really good job last time. That's all right. Do you remember the question that I asked you, though? It was terrible. And your answer was like, what the fuck is this guy saying? Do you remember no, it? I don't, no, what was it? No. I asked you, how cool is it to play against Vladdy and Bo? Like, what? I, I, I was, I skipped that. I was like, what the fuck? What are you <laughs> saying, dude? <laughs> it is cool. I, I think it's cool to play. I still think it's cool to play against them. They're like, they're studs. They'll be around a long time, too. Especially looking back, they'll be like, I think it's a fair question. Uh, all, uh, whatever i guess i just felt like <laughs> what am i saying here you know you, you look back at it i actually i don't like watching my like videos of myself talk and stuff like that me I just, either it just I don't makes like my, my i don't cool. yeah so yeah i just hate to see it but can i pencil you are you going to be in toronto next week because this is why i wanted the interview i wanted to kind of re revive our friendship here for when you're back in the city are you going to be back no no i'm in triple a right now so i gotta throw here i i'm starting to throw and rehab starts uh tomorrow's my first game so i'm like i won't be back for a while how nervous are you? Are you nervous or are you just ready to fire it? No, I'm not. I mean, it's just like, especially just being a rehab start and like knowing it's early on and like, I'm still just kind of trying to get my, my, like my bearings about me. So I'm not like freaking out too much. I'm just, I'm excited really. I haven't pitched in forever. So it's cool. And I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, like the funniest thing of all time for me in baseball, because no other sports really does it. And there's not really like a difference in skill is when big league pitchers go back down to the minors to rehab and then they're like in low A and high A, obviously you're in triple A, but they are just dog walking like these 18 year old kids. And like, you look yeah. at like a Max Scherzer start, like he went three innings and punched out nine. It's just the most unfair thing of all time. So are you kind of like, I mean, do you wish a little bit? It's like, maybe let, let me get my confidence back up. Like send me back to high A here. 
No, I mean, all the seasons are over right now. So I only have like the only place I can throw is AAA, but I'd prefer just going to AAA anyway. Like, I don't, I don't know if I'll necessarily get any sort of confidence boost by like doing really well in low A or high A. I think it's more about like just execution and game reps and stuff. But I think a lot of times guys in rehab starts, like, I think it's pretty standard to like not do well early on. Like, I don't know how it's going to go. I feel really good. So hopefully it's not the case, but I think like it is a good, like place to get your footing, you know, because you don't want to go back and like do your first games in the big leagues. And also you like we got to go into this as well. So you just signed a deal. Congratulations on that, by the way. A big contract there. Because we're the first ever Tyler Glasnow podcast, because I listen, I take a lot of credit for noticing you right off the bat, telling Nick we need to get you on like three, four years ago when you were at like just starting to become popular. Then you just blew up the year after. I in our contract agreement, which you still haven't signed yet, we get 10% of that deal because we were the first to ever notice you. So where do we go from there? What's the problem with that? Have your people contact my people. We can, we can figure it out. I'll get my agent to, uh, I'll get my mother to uh, look yeah. into it for you. Because uh, like I said, man, do you consider us, do you consider the official official podcast the first ever time? I mean, were we the first podcast you ever did? Because it was so long ago where I think you were still really early, like, and you're you're starting to like figure it out in the major leagues and stuff like that. I think we were one of the first ever podcasts for that you hopped on. I think I've done I've done a few. When did we do it? 2019 or 20? Like I think it was 19. Maybe? Yeah, I think I had done a, a few before then. No, it's it all was right. never we'll like, just say we'll just yeah, say this, this is my first one. like like fun like <laughs> yeah, like where I'm not asking yeah. you about spin rate. Where I'm not <laughs> sure, asking right. you like well, yeah, you know, I'm not being a nerd about it. So I wanted and another thing I wanted to go into, I'm massive Jordan Luplo guy. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I've, I've hung out with him a couple of times. I drove to Cincinnati to go hang out with him. I had a couple of beers with him after the game when he pitched, um, which is was all, all time, by the way, when he pitched. But um, yeah. what was it like being roommates with Jordan Luplo? I mean, maybe what were a couple of pet peeves that he had? Like, what do you like messy dish it? Like, what was a couple of things that he did that was like, this guy is something? Or was he a good roommate? He was awesome. I, there, honestly, there's nothing I can think of. Like we didn't, we lived together because he got traded here and I played with him on the Pirates. So I was like, oh, cool. I have a couple extra rooms. Like you'll come stay with me. And like Holly's girlfriend yeah, um, stayed with us as well. And like, they were, they were awesome. They were like, if there's anything, I'm sure they had pet peeves about me and Brasso. I said, like, it's probably the other way around, but no, he was, he can live with me whenever he wants. I love that dude. He's the best. He's awesome, man. He's one of the best. I mean, that looking back on that team, I don't know if you were, were you in Pittsburgh when Musgrove was there? Yeah, I was with him. Um, was he there in 17? No, he got traded in 18, I think, for Garrett. So 18, I played with him, and then I got traded. I just – I'm looking at that team because, obviously, I'm really – I'm pretty humble, Brian. I'm pretty close with Musgrove now as well. I went to go see him mm-hmm. in Detroit. That must have been the most fun group of gentlemen, just scholars of all time. You, Musgrove, Luplo, Kingham was there as well at that time. Yeah. It, was that one of the funnest teams you've been a part of? Obviously, not talking about the Rays and stuff like that, but that team is electric. Just looking yeah, back the on du- it. the dudes on that team were were sick. We had a lot of fun. I think like I was pitching so bad then that my view of it is tarnished as far as like <laughs> performing wise. But like we always had a lot of fun and like just like the normal like dugout and like clubhouse conversations and stuff like that where I was pretty top notch. So that's definitely a team I'll always remember and look back on with like. And there were so many good people on that team that like it's it's hard not to think about it i guess yeah it just that team was wild i mean i'm not even listen if you know listen to this podcast you know me i don't give a flying i don't give a shit about like how good a team is on the field i love the off the field stuff so i'm just saying like the dinners when you guys would travel like the plain beers after like a a series must have just been yeah it must have just been all time (laughs) luplo is one of the greatest he's he's the goat i love yeah yeah 
But uh, and let's talk about that whole run Luplo had, by the way, in the playoffs last year. That yeah. grand slam. I there's a funny video of me. I don't know if it's circulating the internet, but I was in a grocery store live streaming it, and I was de- obviously illegally live streaming it, delayed, <laughs> and I just got a million text messages like, "Holy shit, Luplo!" And I, I was like a batter, a hitter behind, and he and I watch it. He just launches that grand slam. That stadium, the roof ex- must have fallen off. How loud it was! What was it like being there in attendance? I believe you were there, right? You were in the you're in the dugout. Yeah, I was in the dugout. Um, I, in the day prior, this is the funniest thing. I was talking to Luplo, and he's like, "The Pete, like people don't really realize it. He's like, it's real. Like it's like playoff Luplo is just different." And I was like, <laughs> "What? What do you mean?" And he just says, "Like I." love this shit like he, he was just kind of one of those guys that's like made for it and he was like saying this and i was like all right here we go and then he got the start or whatever the following day and then i remember sitting there in the dugout before he hit the homer and i was talking to justin sue as like our mental guy and i was like i was talking to jordan yesterday and he was telling me that he's uh like he's kind of made for these situations and he hits a grand slam of a chris sale and i was like this this is real like that was a legendary moment playoff loop low man i mean dude he was actually really good in tampa like yeah, I'm surprised was. they let go of him because he was he was a freak over there, man. I mean, obviously, uh, he got more of an opportunity playing with the D-backs right. and stuff like that. But, right. man, he was – that team last year you guys had was special too, dude. I mean, that Wander Franco kid, I want to talk about him as well. What is it like? Because mm-hmm. I think when I had you on last time, we talked about, like, the cars he drives and, like, just pulls up in Lambos when he's 18. What's it like being a teammate with him now and getting to see him play, like, every single day and, like, how he goes about his business? He kind of just like reestablishes how good I think he is. Like I think too, like the dude he is. Like I'm good friends with him. He's just like a fun clubhouse guy. Like works hard. Uh, he's in AAA right now. I got to see him yesterday, and he just he, I don't know the way he like goes about the game and, and just plays it really hard. And he just kind of has like a different. There's guys you watch that just like navigate the game a bit differently. And I think like with his eye and the way he can like hit and his barrel like bat to ball skills, and he's just an elite player. And uh, I kind of had a feeling like the Rays were going to try and lock him up to me sign that extension. And it was just like, it's such a nice feeling to know he's going to be around for a long time. And then like me signing on knowing like, I don't know, like the team and like the core of the team for a while. So it's sick. He's just, he's a stud. Like how does that work though? Like dinner wise. So, cause obviously you both just signed big tickets. Let's say you and Wander Franco goes out for dinner. Who's soaking the bill? Like, cause obviously he just signed a massive deal and he got signed for a lot out of the Dominican and stuff. But who's soaking the bill? Like, who's the alpha? Are you one of the guys that goes behind his back to the waitress and says, here's my credit card. It's on me today. Like, how do you approach that? Uh, I don't know. We'd probably switch it up, like flip-flop a little bit, you know? <laughs> like, I would – I have no problem paying for a meal with me and Wander. But I don't know. I'd say maybe like a flip-flop. Or maybe just because, like, I'm a bit older and, like, maybe service time, like, I'd pick it up. But then, like, I'm like, you made a lot of money. So, like, you, you can probably pick up a couple bills here, too. And, he and we're talking about like the, the car. What kind of cars are you – what kind of cars are you ripping around in now? Like, because obviously not, you just signed uh, a big ticket. Did you splurge? Because I don't know if you saw this, by the way. Luplo got a new vehicle, and it's uh, a couple weeks ago, I think a couple months ago, I think you got a Beamer, and this thing is it, absurd. Looks like a spaceship. What are you really? ripping around I don't, in? What is it? It's a uh, brand new M something. I think it's like it's red interior. It's crazy. I'll, I'm sure I'll send you a picture of it. I have uh, a BMW X6. Uh, but I'm not like a huge car guy. I, I want to get a new one, but I don't know what I'll get. Maybe like, I just think for traveling purposes, like a truck makes sense. I really want to get a Tesla, but you have to kind of have a, like if I get a house in Tampa, I'll probably just get a Tesla. I've always wanted one. So probably yeah, that. Well, I, I'm not guy. like a huge. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> I mean, yeah. And it's just like, a, it's a sick car and 
I don't have to pay for gas or like go to the gas station, just plug it in when I get home. Like it's the best of both worlds. And also like Blake Bortles, who plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and you're going to say, why the fuck are you bringing this dude up? He got a Tesla so he could quit dipping. So he wouldn't be able to go to the gas station by chewing to buy <laughs> tins and stuff like that. Do you think that's a valid reason to quit or to get a Tesla is to just not have the urge to go to the gas station to buy chew? I don't, I don't think you chew, but is that like a valid reason? Like, is that a good excuse? I, I think it depends on like how, what level of self-control you have. And like, you got to know yourself, right? And I think like he knows himself. And I guess if like, it's more of like an associative thing, like sometimes you're in like a dugout is what reminds people like, Ooh, I want to dip, you know? So maybe for him, it's just like a, the view of a gas station. So yeah, maybe it'll help. That's like, for me, I mean, so one thing with me is, is like, every, I always ask people, like when we had Spencer Strider on, he said that his favorite, I'm just name dropping, by the way, just credit to me for this. <laughs> but when I had him on, he said his favorite thing about being in the show is having just clean laundry whenever he wants, like just his lockers is clean. I think the greatest thing about being in the show, even though I'm not in the show, <laughs> is having a clubby that you just say, whatever, like, can you get me this? And it's on, it's in your dug, like in your uh, locker within like 20 minutes. Is that like, what's one thing for you that's like, this is show? Like this is what the this is what the show is. Uh, I think I'll be like just the readily available food probably. Like I'm not a big like uh, if I need something I'm a big I'll just go get it. And like I don't really like depends. And I also think we'll get like car wash guys will come to the field so I don't have to get my car wash. Like they have like a detailing service like in the parking lot. Like the little things is kind of what I like, and that goes pretty far. It's probably I'd say Strider's answer is pretty spot on. Like laundry like playing laundry like they'll hang up your stuff like you know in the minor leagues you kind of they'll wash it it's on your loop and you hang it up and like you pack your bags and stuff and everything just kind of done for you in the big league so like, yeah do you, probably that do you keep in the loop of like major league baseball and like watch games and stuff like so do you do you like watch guys like spencer strider and be like man this dude is a unicorn with some of the shit that he does because I think one of our listeners or one of the guests we've had on the podcast ended up DMing Strider just to like get his pitch grips and stuff like that. Do you catch yeah. yourself being a student of the game? Or are you the guy that's like, listen, I hate watching baseball. I just enjoy playing it. Uh, I would say most of my time is not consumed by watching baseball. I think, well, I guess it is because I play baseball. So like I'm in the dugout all the time watching, but I, I don't know. I don't nerd out too hard unless there's a guy that like, I will say Strider in general is someone that I've like noticed like, he's gross and it's everything he has is elite. I love his mechanics. I love like his work ethic and like the way he can articulate his routine and like what he needs to get out of his body. And I think he's just kind of like a, a professional, like he's really like the obsessive bug is clearly in his brain. So I think on like a relatable level, I really like him for that. And just watching him pitch is extremely fun. So he's definitely one of the people I like to like, it's like a Scherzer, a DeGrom. Like I think he's there like Cole, some dudes like that. I, I enjoy watching a lot. Um, and then obviously just having TV on in the clubhouse, like I'll watch games that way. And then like, I mostly just obviously watch the Rays and stuff, but it's, a, it's just a few guys. I'll really try to try to watch, but he's one of my favorites for sure. I think that dude's a freak. And after he came on the podcast is when he had his 16 strikeout game. So I'm assuming tomorrow, it just might be a Tyler Glasnow masterclass Fisher and official yeah. pumper going on. Who knows? What's I mean, your, uh, what's your pitch limit tomorrow? Like, do you like, are, are you 50 pitches? What's it at? No, I'm throwing like an inning. So I'm, an I'm inning? still, I'm basically like in the rehab process still, but all the other levels are closed. Like they're done. So I don't, I can't do the big exact to come here, but it's just an inning. I'm pretty sure. And then like maybe next time or two, like I don't, like our plan is kind of like a rolling plan. Like we don't really know what's going on, but tomorrow it's an inning and then we'll kind of see how I feel, how I respond. Um, and then we'll go from there. 
Well, it's so, I mean, it sucks now. I won't be able to see you in Toronto because I was looking forward to that, obviously. But, I mean, the playoffs, yeah. that's actually a potential lineup is Rays, Blue Jays. So maybe I'll see you yeah. down then. But it is – this playoff push is crazy. And what you guys are doing, like what Tampa Bay Rays are doing without, like, their top dogs there, like Wander hasn't really been playing. Obviously, like you mentioned, you AAA. You're coming back. Our front of the podcast, Nick Anderson's going to be coming back. So it's crazy. Like, when you watch what your team does, and I think Luplo said this on the podcast – Every single game that the Tampa Bay Rays play, they expect to win. Like he just said, that's one of the biggest differences he notices in the clubhouse. Is that one thing you notice? Yeah, for sure. I think that's what, when I first got over in 18, it was like, even I was like, oh, I don't know, like, are we good or are we not? And like, we balled out when I first came over there. And I think that was for me anyway, like the first time I was like, oh, we're good. And then 19, we went to the playoffs and that was like our first introduction to like really understanding that we're not just a good regular, like we lost in the first round of 19, but it was like, okay, this is, this is due. We went to five games and it was like just a really good experience for everyone on the team. And I think 20, it was like, all right, everyone in this clubhouse understands like how good our team is. Uh, and it's just kind of like we expect to go far and play well all the time. And we won a bunch of games in 20, won a hundred games last year. And that is definitely, I think the separator of like when you walk in, like it is like we kind of expect to win every single game. It's a good way to put it. What were you doing? When you were just like, because obviously last year you said you were in the clubhouse and just with the guys and stuff like that. What were you doing to keep yourself like occupied? Because obviously you couldn't throw a baseball. You couldn't, I'm assuming you couldn't like properly weight lift or go to mm-hmm. the gym and stuff like that. What were you doing to keep yourself occupied? No, I mean, I could, I think it was post, when did I get surgery? In August, August 4th. So like I was two months, I was able to do like a lot of different stuff. I couldn't like deadlift as much as it like, you know what I mean? I wasn't doing like max lifts or anything, but it was still like you have your routine of like rehab, the progression that's at two months. So it was like, I was doing all the stuff. I was there for a long time. So I was basically just working out and then watching baseball. So I would wake up, go to the field, do rehab, leave, get food, come back, watch the game. So I, it felt pretty normal. Like I, I didn't, I think the biggest thing for me was ex- like um, trying to navigate like how bored I was going to be. And a lot of people talked about like how mentally annoying the rehab process was but I think I'm like I stayed so true to my routine and like mapped out what I wanted to do the last like 13 months that it wasn't that crazy boring but like it was cool to like feel like I was getting better and like set my goals and then hit my goals and stuff one thing that a lot of like the new age managers are doing and even in other sports is is understanding like how hard the rehab process is on like a player's mental health like how lonely you could be obviously like the guys are having times together and stuff like that so they they bring their players on the IL on road trips with the guys just to be in the clubhouse and stuff like that. How important was it like to maintain your mental health while you were like injured and knowing you can't be out there and like play with the boys or just kind of like be a part of like that playoff push they had? Yeah, it was nice. Like, so I pitched in 21, so I was able to travel during the postseason. Like me and Chaz Rowe got to travel. Uh, and then I got to go on a couple of road trips this year too. But last year, like, I think, yeah, it sucks when you're not able to contribute and everything. But I think like, for me, it's all relative. Like, I think like the struggles you go through during rehab don't really compare to like real life struggles. So like whenever I would get all pity party and down and like annoyed, I would just be like, it's fine. Like, just take it easy. Like things could be so much worse. So I think having that perspective helped me a lot. And not to say I didn't get annoyed and like all that stuff. But like I said, I think just having the routine and like being able to like work out and do certain like little arm exercises and like get all your tiny little muscles strong like knowing that there was a plan like everything I was doing had a purpose really helped me not like freak out too much about it and then in the off season I was like I went back and just did normal like I would travel a lot while lifting and staying in health like shape and then doing rehab all the time during the lockout and 
I was just, I kept my mind busy and I was consumed a lot. So I didn't think about a lot of stuff. And my girlfriend lives in Tampa. I was, I was able to hang out with her and like, it was pretty easy, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You're living the dream. And, and anytime you get down glass now, or you're feeling low and shit like that, just think like, it could be worse. I could be fucking Johnny ripping around in a 2012 Hyundai Sonata with no AC when it's 35 <laughs> degrees outside and no brakes. Like, just I want you yeah, to think right. about that. Like, it could be I could be Johnny right now. That's what you should be thinking about. Yeah, that's kind of what. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking about. <laughs> like in general, no, I think like even that though. Like when you're driving around in your in your Hyundai with no AC, like you could be some guy who doesn't know where he's gonna eat his next meal. True. You know? No, it's all, everything's <laughs> it's like, in a perspective. <laughs> I'm I'm not far off there, but everything's in the perspective. It's just it's it's great to see it. But uh, yeah. let's go let's go into that 2020 year with uh, where the Rays just took the world by storm, making the World Series and all that type of stuff. That was, in my opinion, when like Tyler Glasnow became like a household name in baseball. Would you agree with that? Was like that 2020 season? Uh, I think yeah, just because like the exposure you get within the playoffs and the World Series and stuff. I'd say absolutely. I think like, that's for the most part where a lot of guys like get kind of. Well yeah. Known. yeah. So what was that like for you that season, man? I mean, you were having a crazy amount of success. You're carving in the playoff. You're going up against mm-hmm. the Yankees, Garrett Cole, <laughs> like one, a guy that used to play, like, obviously see how successful he was. What was that like for you? Like how quickly it seemed like the success of Tyler Glasnow becoming a household name, but like how, how was it dealing with that and all that type of stuff? Cause you're not a social media guy, right? So no, like I have an Instagram and stuff, but like I don't really go on, like especially in the World Series of playoffs. Like I don't, I'm not like on Twitter or anything, like looking at. So I don't know. It felt nor like it was it was COVID season that was different, so it wasn't like people in the stands, but you could definitely tell there was like a buzz, obviously, because it's the World Series and like all the exposure and like the TV cameras, the cam- like all that stuff. Uh, and then like in the World Series, we finally got fans. But I think in the moment, you're kind of like you got your blinders on. Like we were in that bubble and I was just hanging out with my friends in the bubble and like your teammates. And obviously there's an extra like layer of stress you feel for sure. But I think is if you know yourself and you know your routine, like no matter how you feel, you just have to do what you normally do in season. And like so I think it was a good lesson and like a good time for me to learn, like being so like the emotionally heightened and like just knowing that like if I stick with my routine, like no matter the situation, like I know I'll be able to perform because I've done this so many times. And it was a good, like, I don't know, like it reiterated the fact that like, I just need to be like routine oriented. So like, I'm, I would be lying if I said it wasn't different, but I don't know. I, I guess I didn't really like pay a whole lot of attention to the stuff off the field. Yeah, no, I agree with that. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, but I, mean, I, I it, it felt real. I mean, it felt different for sure. Yeah. And another thing that was crazy was obviously like the no fans and stuff like that. How weird did it feel facing the Yankees and not having people like say, uh, like give you death threats while you're warming up in the bullpen and throw beer at you and like say like how much they hate your family? Like how weird was that? Not going up against the, uh, not facing the Yankees and not having to deal with that. Uh, yeah, I think it was. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I've never been in that playoff atmosphere where I guess like against Houston when I, it was like that. It was pretty gnarly in '19, but I think you kind of don't really. You definitely hear it, but like you're just so zoned into like your warmups that like and I think too if there's one thing I learned it was like playing in Yankee Stadium like last year and when there were a lot of fans I kind of like that like it's I like when people talk much of shit it's like all right like, like let's you know what I mean it's not and it's like their warmups and stuff and when you're pitching you don't really hear it and like I'm not really concerned with like what are people are doing and saying like outside because you really have like not even like consciously you're like I'm not trying to be like blinded out. It's just like, I'm trying to pitch right now. So I don't, I'm not thinking about anything other than like 
what I'm doing. The only time you notice it is in warmups, but it kind of gives me a little like fire and it kind of reminds me like, this is a game. Like I also think shit talking is like an art in itself. So it's like, I'm all time you know, about like, it. I'm like, top yeah, like, five at it. <laughs> like I've gone to baseball games as a little kid and like, it's just part of the game. Like, I don't know if you don't like it, then it's not the right sport. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, uh, I broke the seal. Like I got my, so I do a uh, Jay's podcast and I got my first ever Yankee threat <laughs> from a fan to me that said, nice. they'll rearrange. I, I, so pretty much what I said was I called the the bleacher creatures the biggest losers on planet Earth, which was obviously a little bit I, a little bit direct shot at them. And someone said, "Why don't you step up to the bleacher creatures and we'll all rearrange your take turns rearranging your face?" So I feel like I'm like a professional athlete. I got I got like thrown into the mix with Yankee fans. It's awesome. It's just yeah. It, there you go. I feel like I'm just like one of you guys now. But it just it, it is wild, man. The Yankee Stadium atmosphere is crazy. I mean, I don't know if you saw the video of. Uh, Oscar Mercado just going toe to toe with one of the fans. It's just, it's wild. But have you ever had to deal with like fans going above and beyond with the shit talk? And you're so far in your career. Yeah, I mean, people will say some crazy stuff, but that's just I don't know. I like expect it. I guess like you go in knowing like, yeah, we're going to New York. Like people are going to talk a bunch of shit. Like, and that's just it's sports. That's like kind of what the foundation of sports kind of is. Maybe not like in its entirety, but like when there's two people, like two teams, like that civic pride going against each other. It's like there's emotion and there's things going on. And like, I think a lot of it too, is like, people aren't necessarily angry. It's just like, it's a time. It's like, everyone's a comic in that, in that time. And like, everyone's just trying to be funny or say the most outrageous thing. It's, it's honestly, it's like a little, it's like shock factor. It's like Twitter. It's just like, this guy can say some outrageous shit. And then this guy can say some outrageous stuff. And that's just how baseball and sports in general has always been. So like, I guess I just expected it. I don't know. Like it's, it's real it life gets, Twitter. Yeah. It's yeah, real life exactly. Twitter. It's real. Yeah. It's Twitter in real life. It's just it's a wild place to be, and it's kind of awesome. Like that's why sports are the best. Like there's no other thing on planet. You can't go to a movie and talk shit to the actresses yeah. and the actors in person. You can only do that in sports. Like that's why sports are the greatest of all time. Obviously, not go above and beyond and stuff like that, but it is all time. Yeah. Another thing uh, I've talked about with you. So you made your Instagram right, and mm-hmm. we didn't get a fault. What was up with that? What's the deal with that? Like, it, it, can you release a statement? Like, what's up with that? We're one of the early <laughs> Tyler Glass now, guys. We would have been following you when you were at. I think you had Instagram when we followed you, or when, yeah, when you I used came to on have the podcast. One you, I deleted it. You had twenty three hundred followers. We're one of the first twenty three hundred Tyler Glass now guys on planet Earth. So, what's up with that? Not going back to your roots now? I'll, have to, I'll have to hit it. I don't really check it too often. I'm sure there's a lot of people I should be following that I don't. <laughs> but like, I just don't go on it. I don't know. Like, um. Yeah, I don't know. I I stopped. I didn't have it. I had it in the minor leagues. I deleted it in 2020 off se- or 2019 after season. I just like was like I don't I don't know. I'm on like I I would go on it and scroll like aimlessly and be like this is like just seems to be a waste of my time. And I was like I don't really. I think social media is kind of like I don't really need it. And then I think talking more people, it's like it's a good thing to have is for whatever like the whole platform idea. And I was like all right, I might as well like what am I running away from real life? Like this is clearly what the world is going to everything's going to be on your phone social media whatever got another one in 2020 and i i check my notifications like not very often well <laughs> the offer still stands for us to run your social media that was actually offered to you in 2019 by us or 2020 when nice. you had you on that we'll run your social media the offer's still there um cool. just, no, just no to deal. let you know just open letter <laughs> the offer is still there because i'm dialed all right, in cool. i'm all in on social media that's all i do like my screen time, I'm not going to say it because I'll get roasted for it. It's very high because I keep my ear on the streets. I make yeah, sure that all to. friends of the podcast are not getting roasted because I'll clap right back at them. So I'm, yeah, I'm all your, in on your it. occupation. You got to do it. I think for me, I'm like in a position where I actually don't really have to pay attention to it. And I think it's probably better off that I don't because you're always like open to everyone's opinion. And like, I'm not really someone who wants to go and look at it. <laughs> so I like, love it. Good and, or bad. 
Good or bad. I live, I live in the comment Whatever. sections. I really do. I yeah. live in people. I love when people chirp us. Like another name drop. So we had Dustin May last or last two weeks in the podcast. Is that good? You tell me. And he said um, that Mookie Betts was like the funny guy in the locker room and stuff like that, like the morale guy. And someone commented on the TikTok, this guy does has no idea what he's talking about. It's Hansel Robles. And I was like, you're going to tell Dustin May, yeah. who, like, I just love it. It's just, a, it's it's a cesspool of burner accounts of people yeah. too scared to share their emotions, just comment, just saying shit to say shit. And it's the greatest thing on earth. Like, I couldn't imagine bringing someone from the 1930s to this generation to be like, this is social media. And this is like, you just fight with people. You have no idea what they look like or who they are just because, just to kind of yeah. grow the ego exactly just because it's like fun and like it's basically it's the same as road rage like you're not presented like you're not in front of the person so you can be like fake tough and i've just never been a fan of people who are like fake tough you know are you are you a road rager uh i say i I rage more on the road than i do in in regular times but for the most part i don't think it's a rage it's like a soft anger like if someone drives like an idiot i'm like you're an idiot i'm not gonna do anything right now air air your grievances on the road what's one thing lately that's been pissing you off like on the road is it like the stopping for too long at a stop sign what or going too slow on the freeway what is it for you like the person who drives really slow and uh, they're on their phone and like, they're just like in a new city and they're like trying to like the middle of a road and they're like <laughs> looking about where they're going, but I'm like, just pull over or the person that like rides your bumper. I don't like that. Cause I'm like, I don't trust you behind me doing that. So like that type of driver, I'd say annoys me. I've started to do like, kind of like a cheat code. So when I'm on like a two, like a, like a two lane kind of highway, kind of like side road type of thing. And there's mm-hmm. someone riding my, like riding my bumper. What I do is I pull up to the car beside me and just go the same speed as the car beside me and just yeah, let that right, motherfucker right. rot behind me. And it is right. the craziest thing of all time. Like the yeah. I've I've probably got like half a half like a half foot away from having a gun pulled on me, probably. And I had no idea about it. Just from me being just a funny idiot on the roads and not having anywhere right. to go and just doing it for fun. It's all time. Yeah, I think that's where like the you gotta like find the balance of right of like not letting the person get the best of you but also not getting shot in the face another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So it's all time. It's about. Yeah. It's all time, man. I love it. I live for it. But another, let's go back to the baseball talk here. So another guy that I wanted to bring up is, in my opinion, I think <laughs> if it's not Shohei Otani, it's this guy's going to win the Cy Young. It's Shane McClanahan. What is it like watching this unicorn pitch every single, every five days? This guy is a freak of nature yeah he's awesome he's a good dude he's like especially how young he is and like just watching him how he's progressed from like i didn't see him a lot in the minor leagues because we were obviously like different times coming up and like different ages but like in spring training watching the way he's progressed every single year and like working with kyle and like figuring out like getting new pitches and then now he throws all four pitches basically like even like he's like 25 percent on all four pitches and there are four of them are like elite pitches that he can spot up anywhere and as long as he can do that, he's going to be like a Cyan contender every single year for a long time. He's just, and he's like a fun dude. He's like funny and he's like not like the new, like nervous dude. He like really has acclimated well. And like, I think it's nice to see him get like that confidence and just know how good he is. Um, but he's a sick clubhouse guy, like good dude to hang out with. 
just yeah, awesome team, man. I'm glad he's on our team. And when we when you guys want, I'm looking at your Instagram right now, and I'm looking at the celebration you had for the AL East. When you guys won the AL East last year, on a scale of one to ten, because obviously, yeah, how how drunk were you? Like, how mangled did you get? Or were you like a little bit manageable, or were you just full blown like I'm gonna get after it with the boys here? Um, I I think there's obviously st- like it wasn't like full on rage yet. Like, if we won the World Series, it would have been like I would have been hammered. <laughs> but like, I think it's more about like you you have fun, you do you pop your bottles and stuff. But like, I got a lot more shit to do. Like, it's not over yet. Like, I don't want to <laughs> mentally check out here. It's like you kind of want to like pleasure delay until the end. But I, I'm not one of those people who like sulk or like doesn't like enjoy the moment. Like, I definitely want to like, wow, this is special. We won a division, won a whatever like championship series. Um, but not taking it like too far to the point where like i don't know there's still like a goal to to hit but if we had won the world series or something it would have been a would have been a different story oh uh, if if you guys win the world series i demand that i will pay a camera crew to just follow you around it'll just be yeah, like there you go. it'll be like it would just be an all-time vibe it'd be a crazy shit because you look like you got after it after the at least i'll be honest i know you're trying you look mad like that picture of you with the cigar is bananas with the eyes oh, closed yeah. looking up oh, it's yeah. just that was after a couple for sure that was after oh, a yeah couple. a couple of course but i'm not <laughs> like i you like it takes a lot more to get me like really <laughs> hammered but like no and i think to where we were home you'd like drive home and stuff so you like drink a little bit you wait around and then you, and then you gotta go home so That's it wasn't so like too crazy but even if I, I i just think it's like that the the everything is heightened because you just won as well so like you like you can accompany it with alcohol but like you're already so juiced up that it's like no, even if you're sober, you're just still going crazy because it's just such a fun atmosphere. Did you realize also that picture of you in 2020, I want to say it is, with the cigar in your mouth would be probably hanging in like every college girl's campus, uh, <laughs> campus dorm room for eternity? Did you be honest? Like, listen, I, people would say, like, I'm a decent looking <clears throat> dude, but you are like above and beyond. Did when that picture was taken, did you realize like this is going to be a banger? Like, th- this, this picture is going to be a banger. Which well, I don't know what picture the one about. where it's <laughs> like I think you're against the dugout and you have that cigar in your mouth. Um, I think it was at uh, at San Diego. San Diego. I'm just gonna search it. Yeah, show me. I don't know what you're talking about because there's. I don't know which one it is. It was tweeted all... every every postseason. There's been cigars, so I'm like, I don't know this don't one. Know oh, <laughs> this one impregnated a couple of women. What year was that? Wasn't that that was in nineteen or twenty? That was in twenty. Oh, it was. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if there's any girls in college dorms that have that on their on their. Thing. <laughs> it's a great but pick, man. It really is a great flattered. pick. No, it is. It's. I like the pick. I've seen it before too. It's cool. It makes me look a lot cooler than I am. So it's like, yeah, I gotta show my kids that one day. <laughs> has there any? Has there ever been someone with a cigar in their mouth that didn't look good though? Like it's just. It looks. Inc- it's like because I'm Italian. Right. I, I. It just gives me the mafia vibes, like Godfather, <laughs> Goodfellas. <laughs> Just yeah, having a cigar. It's, it's all time. So who's the cigar guy on the team, though? Like, how does that work, by the way? Does the clubbies just buy a clubbies. shit ton of Cuban cigars? Yeah, clubbies. And I think it's it's cool, too, because, like, our coaches and, and the Rays are very much, like, it's it's just, like, they, they're, like, cool with having fun. Like, if you win, you play well, like, have some fun. Here's some, like, beers in the clubhouse and, and like, cigars and stuff. So it was just cool. Like, the club usually generally goes out, gets the champagne, beers, and cigars and then when you when you walk in you grab one if you want one if you don't want one you don't have to have one but that it's so fun that's i guess to to answer your question about like show moments i think like smoking cigars inside in a clubhouse has to be the <laughs> most like sick feelings ever too and speaking about shane mcclanahan and all those other guys like 
playing in AAA, obviously for the Durham Bulls, who are another another a team that's just an absolute wagon. Like they're just so yeah. good as well. Do you look around that clubhouse and look with all those guys, and you're like, <laughs> this team is just like the Rays are going to be a problem for a very very long time. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, the the depth they have is insane. I think there's two mindsets. It's like it's awesome. We have so many people, but it's also like I I could imagine being like imagine like being a guy and there's a lot of like stockpiling not stockpiling like they just do a really good job of development there's such many so many good players that like between double a triple a and the big leagues it's like where does where do you fit in i feel like that could be overwhelming sometimes for people like not because it's not there's so much like utility going on it's not like this is your spot continue unless you're a guy like wander uh but yeah dude we got some studs like master boney is up here just like murdering it great defender like there's so many guys appear that are big league players um and it's it's awesome to know like i think that's the reason we continue to do so well with all our injuries it's like one guy goes down the next guy steps up and he's amazing have you pulled the alpha move yet that uh the big leaguers do when they go back to triple a and just like buy the meal for both teams like i saw bryce harper did that last week and it was just like this is this is just this is king like it's kind of nice but it's also just like asserting your dominance like no. listen like i'm the big leaguer here <laughs> like, I'm the i think big it's leaguer. more about like i'm coming down here to take some innings from people that are like trying to pitch well so it's like the least i can do is buy a meal i think it's like a very standard if you're a big leaguer you're on the 60 or the 25 man and you go to triple a on a rehab assignment like you you buy a meal but yeah like i bought we got i got like capital grill the other day and it's it's generally too because it does come from like thank you like this so like we had so many big leaguers in AAA taking time away from AAA guys that it, like I feel kind of not bad, but it's like it sucks that I have to come here and steal innings or like and like other catchers like I have to throw bullpens to you guys and there's only this many catchers on the team like you have to do so much extra work so it is just like the least you can do is like buy a meal you know it doesn't yeah. even seem like yeah so it's just kind of one of those. I, I keep hearing about this Capital Grill. What the what is Capital Grill? What is this? I always it's like a steakhouse, like a standard. It's like a normal steakhouse that's like good depending on like what city you're in. Like sometimes they're they're always good, but some cities are better than others uh, as far as like how well they do it. But like it's it's like your safest bet, like nice steakhouse. Like you can't go wrong. Everyone likes like a nice I, steak. I just keep like hearing about this, sides. and it just it just keeps getting free yeah, advertisements on this. It just keeps getting these free advertisements on the podcast, and it's just like <laughs> give me the bag. Well, I'll sponsor uh, cap brought to you by Capital Grill. That's all <laughs> yeah. time. And this, oh, this, yeah, does they don't have incredible. that in Toronto. They probably, no, I thought I feel like they have to have that. No, we don't have it. Nope. Damn. No, we have uh, root like just these random ones and stuff like that. But no, we don't have that. that Toronto's is, got some good food. Oh, yeah. There's that one, there's a steakhouse I went to in Toronto that was like unbelievable it's like one of the most renowned like they have like an aging room there's like just million year old steaks in there and they have like i remember i forgot the name of it but it was insane jacobs and co maybe yep that's what it was yeah like i'm not show. i promise you they're not letting me get in there i promise you that <laughs> <laughs> they're turning me at the fucking door when they see me at jacobs and co <laughs> who's this scumbag podcaster just rolling through <laughs> rolling through i mean that is an expensive place so is how does that work do all the vets and you like you can't obviously bring a whole your whole team there can you like that's just like, no you get it catered so like you bu- you just buy it you call in say i want 30 of the like 30 fillet 30 new york two sides of brussels sprouts and like au gratin potatoes and whatever and then you just pay for it and then you go pick it up and you bring it in or like that's or so they bring it, like yeah they have, they have like a person here that handles it and that helps in the i'm gonna do that i'm thinking about doing that when i go to like if there's some sort of like podcasting convention i'm just gonna buy the meal for go. everyone just walk in like <laughs> whoa whoa this, <laughs> this dude has the bag 
That's just ripping <laughs> in here with Capital Grill at fucking at a podcasting convention. That's what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to do that. Do just kind of assert my dominance with everyone. Yeah, why not? Also, I have another question. So how do I approach? So let's say hypothetically the Rays face the Blue Jays in the playoffs, right? I'm a massive Toronto Blue Jays guy. I pissed my pants when the Jays signed George Springer because I said I would do it if they signed him. And I there's a video of me that was circling the internet of me pissing myself on my balcony. How nice. do I approach this if you're pitching against the Blue Jays? Do I go like Switzerland, go neutral? Like, how, how should I approach this? I don't know. I feel like you got to vote or like, what, what do you feel strongly about? I feel you're strong. Like, like, listen, I feel strongly about our friendship. That's just like, I'm just going right. to make it plain and but clear. You've been a Blue Jays fan forever. And like that probably goes a little deeper. And I would not feel offended if you rooted against me. That's I will. I can't do it. I really can't. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I could do it. Like it just me being a guy, a man of integrity and a man of honor. I just don't think I could genuinely root in my whole, my heart of hearts for the Toronto Blue Jays when I have my guy on the mound there. Like I, maybe we'll say the Jays won the series two to one. You got the win. That, that, that's the compromise we'll go with. Okay. You, got, you guys you won go. your game. The Jays won the series two one. That's where we'll go with. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you gotta. It's that's an internal question for you. you gotta yeah, it's just I'm trying to fight, fight my demons here because there. I was in a I was in a tough battle uh, when JMO came down because I was sit. He obviously he he got us me and my buddy seats that I do the Jays podcast with, and I was sitting in like the Yankee fan section and stuff like that. And JMO just absolutely dropped his balls on the Blue Jays like seven shutties, nowhere in runs, and I was like. Should, like, should I be genuinely mad? I got to record a podcast. I was like, should I be genuinely mad or should I be like happy? JMO just did that. So it's a weird situation that I was put in yeah. there, but you don't know. I don't know what to do with it. It's just, it's crazy, but it just uh, goes. It's, it's all part of the game. It's all part of the podcasting fandom. You just, it's crazy to see. Right. I know it's a roller coaster, but you've actually taken a part of the, uh, you've taken a part of podcasting now. Um, how, welcome to the, what's harder being, a, being a major league pitcher or being a podcaster. What's like, what, what's more draining? for you <laughs> i'd say probably the pitching I, I enjoy the podcast i think too like i do it with chris rose and like he just i mean i'm not i think a lot of uh i'm technically a co-host but i do a very bad job of like hosting it's basically just like bullshit for an hour i don't really have any questions like if, if a question comes up i'll answer it but like my preparation is not very like I'm that's not, like I'm me though i don't prepare anything <laughs> yeah right like it's i'm better if i don't prepare as far as like genuine conversation goes so it's not a lot of like stress. I just do it and it's fun. And I like Chris a lot as a dude and that's it. And then like pitching definitely gives me a lot more stress. <laughs> yeah. It's pitching's a night. I don't know how you guys do that shit, man. It is wild to see, but what is, how they announce like your expected, like not expect the exact date of your return, but like how long do they have you being in AAA for? Like, do you know? Cause obviously you're only throwing one inning tomorrow, but I'm assuming they'll just right. ramp you up. I don't know. I think it's like a rolling schedule. It depends on like how I feel after I throw in games and like if I recover well and like my arm feels like stable, then I'll cons like consider going back or whatever. But it's still like up in the air if I'm even going to come back, you know, it's like it's still not been like a whole bunch of time, but I have to throw a few more innings and get that like game rep feeling in and then I'll be able to make a decision. But like I can't really like put a timetable on it. I think nobody really can right now. I think it depends. It's like to do an inning now, do an inning later, and then we'll kind of reconvene and figure out what we want to do. Um, and like how crisp I feel and all that stuff matters. Yeah. So. You're treating it pretty much like a couple that just split up, but has aspirations of like getting back together. And it's just like, there's not really a timetable with us. Like, yeah, it's just... It's just like, you. let's see if it works out. You know, it's gotta <laughs> be, it's gotta be right for both of us. <laughs> Yeah. that's exactly what it is it, it, exactly that's exactly what it is so you gotta i mean i respect the hell out of it but it is it is awesome to see you back man because you were literally just a walking talking pitching ninja video for like 
your entire playoff career. It was just crazy. And one thing that, and I'll say this, one gripe that I have with you being like, obviously all over pitching and stuff like that is how many times they have to mention how you grip certain pitches. Like, do you know <laughs> he has both of his fingers like 17 inches across the diameter of the baseball when he's throwing this? Certain... <laughs> it, it's annoying. I'll be like, let's get it out broadcasters once. Let's get it out early in the early in the game. And let's and stop then, fucking talking yeah. about it. Is that something that you had to always can? And they continue to show that video of you in like spring training where you're talking to someone, you're like gripping the ball and they just yeah. pause you like this. And it's like, look at this, look at this fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I can think it's, I, I'm not too like when you're pitching, you're not following along in the broadcast. So I'm, I'm like unaware more than most people. Like, I don't know about like a lot of the stuff. I'll get a lot of shit sent to me. And like, especially with the pitching ninja stuff, like that's such a common thing now and he's done such a freaking good job like promoting himself in baseball that like it's cool and it does feel good to be on one of those like when you when i feel like there's some times when you're pitching and like you i have throw like just some gross pitch and some guy takes an awful swing and i'm kind of like i think that's gonna be on that's gonna be <laughs> like there's like i'll have like moments of like that but um yeah, like when it's good, I'll get him sent to me, and it's it's cool. It's like, it's an honor for sure. Yeah, but like the aspect I was talking about was like you always getting asked about it in like interviews, oh. like after the game, and like your certain pitch grip and all that type of stuff because yeah. it's talked about an unhealthy amount. Like it's pretty right. much like the Matthew Stafford went to high school with fuck I forgot his name, but uh, Clayton Kershaw. Like them two going to high school together is mentioned on every single Rams broadcast yeah. and every Dodgers game. That's the same thing with you. It just it's they talk about your pitch grips. It is crazy though. I will say it. It is yeah. a crazy thing that you do, but I I'm not going to talk about because it, it, it's. I think I think too because you are probably so like, uh, whoa! I almost saw a car accident. Um, you're so involved with baseball, like you're you see everything to where like I think in that regard, especially being like with the Tampa Bay Rays and like it's not the biggest. They have a good TV viewing but like it's not you know what i mean it's not like everyone knows everything about the rays it's more of like a less covered team so i think when there is some sort of content people are assuming that not everyone knows about it so like sacrificing repeating information it's like well now that like 20 percent of these new fans can now know this info and then that info might bring them to have like this thing where they want to know more about me or the rays so i think it's more of like you're making that sacrifice of like repeating yourself but you're like trying to still promote that type of thing you know it's just like a lack of content perhaps it like, is just know. like let's let's bring something up is there a guy you went to high school with that's famous that maybe i could talk about like when you're when you oh, yeah. are uh... a few oh yeah Trevor like, I, went bauer. To, I went to bauer I, uh, mike montgomery played the big leagues james shields you should play for the rays went to high school i met him once actually when i was a child james shields that's cool i'm gonna I've start bringing that up like i'm gonna say do you know tyler glass now went to high school or you you guys weren't there together right no, he was way older. Okay, so who did you go to high school with? So I could say, like, do you know that these two went like the Matthew Stafford, Clayton Kershaw type of uh, content? Uh, for a little bit, I went Tyler Posey from Teen Wolf. I went to high school with him for a tiny little bit. He <laughs> will left. Uh, uh, no, no, no. Uh, Tyler Posey. He's not a baseball player. The guy in Teen Wolf. That guy. Okay, yeah. That, <laughs> that you know one. what? Bingo. We're gonna talk yeah. about that. Was Tyler Glass now his high school classmate was T Wolf was from Teen Wolf. Tyler Posey. That's all time. Yeah. I'm, we're then, that's, uh, yeah, that's what this podcast is. We're trying to bring some different light to the to our guys, you know, stuff Pat like Valleca that. Pat Valeka too. He played for the Orioles. Pat Valeka, I went to high school with him. I played with him on varsity. He was a solid human. Um, who else? There's some. There's a lot of. I feel like that's all I can think about. I guess from like. Well, no, I, I got my information I need to get. So I like I, said, I I keep my <laughs> ear on the street. 
I make sure people aren't saying negative stuff about friends of the podcast because I will immediately go after them. Like my best thing to do is just like maybe if you ever try to get in the mud like I do on social media, the best thing to do uh, when someone comes at you is take a is zoom in on their profile picture on Twitter and chances are if they're chirping grown men on social media like athletes, they're not the best looking dudes of all time and just respond with no words, just a picture of them. Like that's, <laughs> that's what really gets the people. It's like, that's it. Yeah, Cause I, I did it go. once. So Strider, so our Strider's last tweet is this podcast on his Twitter. So when he said that comment about the Mets fans, like the Mets getting like all these lucky hits, a ton of Mets fans would like come at me. And I was like, what the fuck did I do? Like he was just yeah. on this podcast. So I was, res- so one guy said something to me and his profile picture was him zoomed in, taking a mirror selfie with his shirt off. And I screenshotted that and I said, if this is your profile picture, with all due respect, you have no right to talk about anything on planet Earth. You just you can't have an opinion. And I just ratio the shit out of them. So that's like that's my little mud. They call me Mud Boy with the Jays podcast because that's all I do okay. is just chirp people that come at us. Just go right back at go. them. But always with the ears in the street. So I'm going to just know that you have like someone fighting your battles for you on social media it's me that's who it's going to be it's like that verbal meme of like that girl sleeping and the army guy like with his arms wide just taking the bullets that's what i am for you (laughs) nice thank you that's what i (laughs) so a couple couple more things that i want to talk about here so obviously you're in triple a now um tomorrow are you gonna are you gonna try to let sing a little bit maybe triple digits try to let that go like how like how hard is it for you to like take it easy is what i'm trying to say because it's you're, you're you're a competitor yeah, no, I mean, I don't really think at this point I'm like, I just, I'm throwing like normal. I think it's like, I'm just trying to get the feel for it. I think there's always going to be like some sort of like soreness you deal with in like a healthy way. Just like I'm coming back, I'm like 13 months out. It's still like acclimating, but I can get to like my normal speed. I think I'm still trying to, I'm like, I think my last BP is like 96, 98. So I'll probably Jesus just try Christ. to do that, I guess. I don't know. It depends. Each start's different. I just want to like be smooth and like have that same feeling and then uh, whatever the velo is, it is. I'm not like trying to act like I'm not concerned. Like I, I want to, I want to throw hard, but it, it's more about like collecting everything and like being repetitive and then like getting that that feeling of like effortless velo back. And that's like the main goal right now in AAA. Have you learned a new pitch? Can we like start that narrative as well? Like Tyler Glass now learned a new pitch. Uh no, I'm still throwing fastball, slider, and curveball. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> I'm actually gonna do this. So if you make a pitching ninja video, I'm assuming you will. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna try to correct pitching ninja. Like I'm gonna say, no, no, no. This wasn't a slider. This was a new pitch that Tyler was working on during yeah, his rehab. Yeah, slooper. <laughs> it was yeah, a slooper. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. what it was. That's what we're gonna be yeah. doing. But it is. I mean, when you're, I think we had a guy with Tommy John a couple weeks ago, and he said the hardest thing when after the surgery or a couple months after the surgery i know all that type of stuff you just had your surgery like a while ago it was hard for him to like look at his arm be like dude like i feel perfectly fine right now why can't i just start start like letting it eat start throwing hard how hard was that for you like being a such a massive competitor like you are i don't know i i think it was always for me i never really like toned it down or up it was like whatever my arm could handle then i would throw so like i wasn't concerned with the velo early on and then like I think the first time I got on the mound, like my velo was like kind of, I don't know. It was like in the nineties and it was like, feels fine. feels normal. And they're like, yeah, everyone's different. Like, just don't push it. And I didn't. And then like each bullpen, it just went better. And then I got to like full speed and then it just kind of stuck around there. Like my feel came back really, really early. Like, I feel like I figured out a lot of stuff last year. Like I got hurt on the time when I was like, well, all right, I'm really understanding myself. I really understand like what I need to do physically, mentally routine, whatever. And it's like the second I, 
I didn't pick up a ball for however long after the surgery. And then when I picked it up, I was like, Oh, like all my cues still feel the same. I feel good. Like it was just more about trying to like recover and, and like not be sore. Have you seen that guy in AAA that does a backflip after every save? He's on our team. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Have you got a chance yeah. to see the backflip? No, he did it once. I've never seen him do it in person because he was in the big leagues a little bit, and then but I've never seen him, him do it in person or anything. But do you, do you think on, that dude. plays in the big leagues though? Like, I, I don't, do you think he's going to be doing like a rookie backflipping in the big leagues? Like, do you think that's like a real possibility? Because Twitter would explode. Like the old people on Twitter would have like an aneurysm seeing that. Like that. I would think it depends cool. on. I think it depends on on what he's willing to endure. Like if he doesn't give a shit and he wants to do it, fucking do it. I'm all for like. <laughs> I think it's like if you know there's going to be backlash and you do something and it's like really not like in the grand scheme of things, is doing a backflip really that big of a deal? No. So like if you want to do it and like you don't and you're willing to take the criticism that comes with it, I'm like, do like more power to you. But he was already in the big leagues and he didn't. Uh, I don't know if it was a save situation, but he finished the ending and he didn't backflip. So maybe he will eventually, but I think I mean, do whatever you want, you know, as long as you're not hurting someone else, whatever. Exactly. I don't like that. Yeah. I'm looking at like, before I made that video roasting the bleacher creatures, I was like, I'm going to potentially get death threats here. Like I, I just went into that knowing like there is going to be some very, very, very angry people. And I'd say it with a heavy, I say it with like, a, I'm just trying to con- I'm a content guy. I like being funny yeah. with that shit. I wasn't, I kind of meant it, but yeah, that's, that's who I am. But <laughs> have you met Chris Muller, by the way, when you, he's in AAA, the massive beard in the bullpen, yeah. he's yeah. electric, just throws yeah, 98 as a massive beard, just the country boy. He's all time. Yeah. He's yeah, a, he is. Yeah, that's something you guys talk about. Just me. I mean, me. Uh, yeah, yeah. We he were, actually we took me to a restaurant in Buffalo time. and got me food poisoning, and I've never felt as terrible as I felt <laughs> after that. That's maybe a talking point you guys could have. Nice. Just do you remember yeah, the time you that. almost killed Johnny in Buffalo, <laughs> New York? That's what we nice. talk. Where are you guys at right now? By the way, are you in Durham? We're back in Durham. We were in uh, Charlotte earlier, and then we're playing Gwinnett. Uh, no, we're not. Who are we playing? We're playing Scranton for so like that. The new Electric City Triple A. Yeah, it's uh, oh, you don't get the joke. Are you not, you're not an office guy? No, 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 scary. No, no, oh, okay, okay. No, yeah, it's they're a good team. It's fun. They're playing them six games, pitch against them tomorrow. Then we go to Gwinnett, but yeah, the schedule in AAA is kind of nice. It's like six game series, so you get like you feel normal, kind of normal. This is another thing. This is how I'll end it. I, I always wanted to ask this because you see it with like Max Scherzer and stuff like that. And the hotel situation in AAA is, I'm assuming, better than what it was in the lower level, stuff like that. How does that work for when big league guys are doing their rehab? Like, are you staying in the same hotel as like the team or do you guys go a little bit more bougie with a different, like, how does that work? Generally, you just have to like, so in AAA, you share rooms. If you're on the 60 day DL, you just have to get your own room. Um, And then I I didn't stay in the team hotel last time, but I think it was due to like availability, but they'll put you in like nothing like awesome. It's like, you're not staying in the same type of hotel you would in season, I guess, but it's still nice hotels and it's like your own room and it gets the job done. And like, it's not, I don't know. I like hotels. So I don't really care as long as it's not like a, like a bed bug place. Like I, I could really care less. I stayed at the worst hotel in Detroit, dude. Like, so I went to go see Sam Hilliard and stuff like that. I, I just got like a hotel that was like $60, which was again, me being There's, very there dumb. You go. And I was in like Dearborn, Michigan. And I was like, talk, it was my, right when I pull up to the place, there was like five cop cars just outside I go to my room. There's a hole in the wall. The lights don't work. There's no water coming out of the, the the tap or whatever. So I just go hang out like at the casino and just like go to the sports book and just watch games. And these guys talking to me, they're like, where are you staying? I'm like, Dearborn. They're like, 
you're saying what i was like yeah i'm saying dearborn <laughs> and i ended up just not sleeping the whole night like I, I went back to the hotel and i was just there for an hour there was no ac it was hot as fuck and i just sat there so it goes to show you man i mean some of these minor league teams the lower levels like they are staying yeah. type of these hotels it's crazy it really is. That sounds worse than the but I, I remember. I think the worst ones we'd stay in were like certain, like a Red Roof Inn, and like which is fine. Like they're probably nice hotels, other places. But I forget, maybe like Jamestown, New York, Red Roof Inn, like type stuff like that, where like you itch when you wake up in the morning. <laughs> like I think it's gotten better since I've been in the minor leagues, but um, and I think now that like the minor leagues are trying to to like Unionize. negotiate the CBA and stuff, yeah, like maybe that'll they'll fix that too. But like, Dude, it's, yeah, it's there were some rough ones back in the day. Dude, Matzik told a story to I think on this podcast where he stayed at a hotel when he was with the Rockies and the Miners. He pulled up and he would just got dropped in the first round. He pulled up the bed sheet and his ble- his bed was full of blood. Like just the oh. entire bed was full of blood. He's like, all right, I'm a first round. I don't care. I'm just gonna I'm gonna pay for a hotel somewhere else. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I yeah man. I don't, like back in the day, I would love to hear stories from like the '90s and the early 2000s in the minor leagues. Like this is just like you you pretty much were just living in World War II. Some of the hotels you're yeah. staying at, it's crazy. I was lucky enough too. I think like when I was in the minor leagues, it was still like nothing was. It was still pretty shitty, but the Pirates did a good job of like they didn't like they were pretty good with like common sense of like it can't be that bad. Like we got to find a way to like because it's expensive, we got to do that. But like they did a like the food was probably better than most places and the stay like the hotels weren't as bloody as the other spot <laughs> it's a crazy visual it really is but yeah i know anyways man uh, i'll end it off with this man i like i said earlier i am fired up to see you back because obviously when you're pitching baseball is all obviously cooler just seeing the whole fucking movement you have on all your pitches and stuff like that so welcome back man and uh Thank you. Best of luck the rest of the year. Hopefully, we get to see you in the playoffs, man. I get to watch Tyler Glasnow against the Jays or Tyler Glasnow in the World Series because your team is a wagon with every, when yeah. everyone's back and stuff like that. So it's going to be awesome. But pleasure to get you back on. The people are going to love this episode, man. You're an electric dude, one of my favorites. So uh, thanks for hopping back on, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, dude. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. And follow us on Twitter at a fish on a fish pod and on Instagram at officially on official pod. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>